0: Welcome back to Echo. Nice. Uh, We are uh, in still this series called The House of David. Uh, Very interesting one. We're talking about all sorts of different things, all sorts of different characters. Um, uh, This is a small uh, uh, section of a bigger idea that we have, but we're going to read the Bible all the way through, right? And so we've, so far, the story is pointing like this, right? So if we could do it really quick, it's like God created everything, and then... Adam and Eve are dumb, and then uh, they mess everything up. And then it's like this perpetual messing everything up. And then God says, we're going to start over with Noah and the flood, right? And then it comes back. Same old, same old. They keep messing everything up, right? And, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And eventually uh, they're like, hey, God, we need a king. And he's like, okay, whatever. So they give him Saul. Same thing old, same thing. Messes it up. Then we get to David. David's pretty good, though David messes some things up. Uh, David leaves what we call a legacy, right? David is viewed kind of as forever as the best king Israel ever had, right? The sad part of the story is really there's only probably two good kings (laughs) of Israel. We're going to talk about the second one tonight. So we have... um, Saul, right? And then we have David, and then we have the next character tonight, which his name is Solomon. Everybody say Solomon. Okay, Solomon is known uh, for this, this word, uh, this key word called wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Now, here's the thing. I think in our lives, we would all desire to be wise, right? I want to I be wise one day, if I'm not already. Uh, and in some ways, you could be wise in some things and unwise in another, right? For instance, if you work at in and out, which half of you do, um, right? And you're level six, you know better how to do some things or almost. I'll tell you this, you are more wise in the ways of in and out than I am. Even if you're 16. Even if you're a lot younger than me, you're wise you're more wise, because you've done it, you've been there, right? Uh, just as other things. But sometimes uh, we have this. We see a person, we meet a person, which just seems like they're wise in a lot of areas. Have you ever met someone like that where you're just like, man, you just, you just have wisdom in everything you talk about, right? Usually they're old. <laughs> um, but here's the thing: we're going to talk tonight about what is wisdom. The whole message tonight is about wisdom, right? What is wisdom? Why is it desirable? Here's the thing: Proverbs 19:8 says. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. It seems like, today I was reading a bunch of Proverbs. Because, spoiler alert, Solomon wrote most of them. Almost all of them. I was reading a ton of them. And today, I was like, I need to read like at least one of these every day. <laughs> Some of the stuff in there is so good, and all of us are like today, and today's where we're reading like self-help books and leadership books and all these other things. I'm like, honestly, if we would just read Proverbs every day, we'd have a pretty good understanding of how life is supposed to work. Because get this, I'll read it again. There's some hidden things in here. He who gets wisdom, right, he who becomes wise, loves his own soul. Wouldn't it be nice to love yourself? Wouldn't it be nice to, to, to look and think about who you are as a person and love that? And here's the thing. The interesting thing about the, the way it said, he who gets wisdom loves his own soul. Here's the thing. I can I can not enjoy someone and love their soul. Why? Because God created it. Does that make sense? So that can get us into a place where, yeah, we might have had a bad day. Yeah, we might have messed up. Yeah, we might look at ourselves in the mirror and be like, dang, I'm not who I want to be. But I love my soul. And I love that God loves it and wants to move me forward in that. Does that make sense? And that's just from wisdom. Wisdom helps us to love our own soul. And he who keeps understanding, right, which is more wisdom, will find good in life, will prosper. Wisdom is desirable. I think about, you guys ever watch a movie with like a wise character? I think of Gandalf. Anybody like Lord of the Rings? No? Okay. Uh, I think of Yoda. Yoda. Yoda's pretty wise. He talks a little funny, but he's pretty wise. Obi-Wan Kenobi, come on. Don't try it, Anakin. I've got the high ground. You know what I just thought about? You know why he knows that? No, <laughs> When he fought Darth Maul, and he's down below, and he comes, spins around, kills Darth Maul, he's thinking in his head, if that were you, I know exactly how to do it because I pulled it out. You know what I mean? Like he's like, I got the high ground. It's called experience. Oh my goodness! All right, I just nerded out for a second. I'm sorry. Alfred from Batman, wise. Come on, you know what I mean? Do you you know one? Dumbledore. Dumbledore, yes. Dumbledore is very wise. Captain America is pretty wise. I feel like he's pretty wise. He doesn't get into as much trouble as all the other ones. <clears throat> Morgan Freeman in like any movie, <laughs> right? Listen, uh, he probably won't live this long, but if he dies, I want Morgan Freeman to like do like a like read the obituary, like uh, you know, like like do the eulogy at my funeral. It's his, it's, it would just be amazing. Okay, his voice is so good. Denzel Washington, yeah. Uncle Ben. With great power comes great. See, you guys have all been discipled by Uncle Ben. That's crazy. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Here's a question I want to an- answer: Is what makes people wise? When I was younger, I used to think it's just because they're old. You know. Eventually, uh, when I was really young, I thought it was the hair thing. As soon as your hair starts turning gray, you're wise. You know. Which there's some truth to it. But there's more to it here's why the the definition of wisdom is the quality of having experience knowledge and good judgment experience knowledge and good judgment because experience isn't everything it's a lot but it's not everything you ever seen someone who keeps doing the same dumb thing over and over and over again experience had no effect on them you know what I mean like at this stage, I know for a fact Vince isn't wise. I just know it. Because he keeps doing the same stuff. And he keeps getting hurt the same way. So experience hasn't really meant anything for him yet. But it's not all knowledge. You ever met someone that's like super book smart, but you, you put them out in the wild and they wouldn't survive two days, you know? <clears throat> and good judgment. Good judgment's probably the best one. So how do we get there? How do we get to these? Experience, knowledge, good judgment. The quality of being wise. So I was thinking, why is wisdom so desirable? Why is it desirable? When we're young and immature, we think, man, uh, wisdom's desirable because I I would like to be the smartest person in the room. That's kind of cool. Everyone leans on me. You know what I've realized as I got older? I definitely don't want to be the smartest person in the room. If I'm the smartest person in the room, I don't have any room to grow I don't have anywhere to go. You want another word that runs with that? I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? Like you don't want to be, if you're capped, you know? If I, if I go to the gym and I'm the strongest person in the gym, I don't have any motivation. Right? So I, it's not that. It can't be that. Do I want to be wise so I'm looked up to? I mean, that'd be cool, I guess. But that's just kind of like fleeting, you know? People look up to you. Some people love you. Some people hate you. do not matter. So what is it? What's the reason we want to be wise? Here's the reason I came up with. The reason I want to be wise is because I want to live a fulfilling life, one. Number two, I want to live a fulfilling life that isn't a liability to others. Does that make sense? So me being wise... Is, is not just good for me. It is good for me. Like I get to make good decisions and I get to like feel good about what I do. But being wise is really good for Danielle and Vince. If I'm wise, it's really good for them. If I'm wise, it's really good for y'all. <laughs> if I wasn't, you should find another youth group. You know what I mean? Like, like. and I'm not the wisest person, you know what I mean? I, I, but but, I, but, I'm trying my best to have understanding to do these things, right? So me pursuing wisdom is not just good for me, it's good for the people that are in proximity to me. So I do want to live a fulfilling life where I feel good, where I look at my soul and I love it, but I also want to live a life that's not a liability to everybody around me. Because you've ever met that person that just makes bad mistake after bad mistake, and you're like, if you got in a bad situation, you're like, I do not want to be anywhere near them. Right? You put a weapon in someone's hands, you're like, okay, I'm going into the other room, Uh, (laughs) you have fun, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't trust that person with that bow and arrow, I just don't. It's like the camps where they're like, okay, we got an archery range. They'll be like, okay, let me know when the junior hires go because I'm not going. I'm out of there. Like, what does this thing do? You know? <laughs> That's how you end up with an arrow in the leg. So wisdom is desirable because I want to live a fulfilling life, and I don't want to be a liability to others. So let's pick up in our story. Let's get Back to the story. So, first and second Samuel, we're done with those. That's the story of S- uh, Samuel, Saul, David, all the way up until uh, uh, David dies, right? And David's story uh, ends in a cool way. Uh, he 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 brings this altar. It's a really powerful statement. He brings this. He wants to give an offering to the Lord, and someone offers him here. I got everything for you to do the offering, and, I'll, and I won't charge you anything. And he says, No, I won't offer anything to the Lord if it doesn't cost me. Such a dope line. But I was gonna preach a whole message on that, but we gotta keep going. <laughs> and, but but let, let that be just a, a side road. Uh, what, is it, what is being a Christian costing you? If it's not costing you anything, I don't think we're doing it right. And it's not to say like, oh, I, like life is gonna stink because I'm a Christian. No, it's just I'm gonna lay things down at the altar. What is it costing you? Right? Making an impact's gotta cost something. Following Jesus is gonna cost something because it cost him a lot. So, anyways, we pick up our story now. We're in the book of 1 Kings. The interesting thing about 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, and 1 and Second Chronicles is actually they're all just, uh, they're not First and 2nd They're really one book. So it really should be Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles, but they were split up somehow. So anyways, we're in 1 Kings, which is really just the beginning of the big book of Kings. Now, Kings... History, real quick. Kings and Chronicles are very similar. But Kings uh, kind of focuses on the northern kingdom uh, of Israel, and and Chronicles focuses on the southern kingdom. There you go. If you're a nerd about theology, there it is. Uh, Or biblical history. So, but here we are. So, remember Bathsheba? David and Bathsheba? Yeah? Kind of mm, a little awkward. (laughs) Their son, his name is Solomon. Solomon. Uh, So at this time, one of David's other sons, because David's family is a mess, right? One of David's other sons is like, I'm going to be king and declares himself king and they're hoorah, 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 right? And David's just old and sick or whatever. So Bathsheba comes up to David, wait, 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 you said Solomon was going to be king. He goes, yeah, he is. Well, this one did this. Okay, so he goes, he announced him king. Solomon becomes king. The only thing is Solomon's like 14, roughly. Somewhere between 12 and 16 probably is how old he was. So Solomon becomes king of all of Israel, As a junior hire, You know what I mean? I'd be sweating, right? Like, if I'm like some higher up there, I'd be like, man, this is going to be rough, you know? It's like, well, we're going to have this wonderful uh, Knights of the Round Table meeting with some fruit snacks. Okay, so. But there's this really powerful story. Because Solomon's trying to figure this out. Solomon's trying to be a good king. And we realize that Solomon is going to be a great king, even at a young age, because of this passage. So we'll throw it up on the screen. It's 1 Kings 3, 5 through 12. You can write it down if you want to read it later. It's amazing. It's great. Here we go. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask what you wish me to give you. So God asked Solomon, Ask me whatever you want. I'm going to give it to you. Okay? Then Solomon said, you have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father. Basically, saying you've been really kind to my dad and you loved him a whole lot. According as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness and heart toward you. And you have reserved for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, yet I am but a little child. Solomon saying, you made me king, but I'm like 12, right? I do not know how to go out or come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people, who are too many to be counted or numbered, numbered or counted. He says, you've made me king, I'm a junior hire.'" And there's a lot of people in this kingdom, Lord. Like, this isn't just a small city. This is your chosen people, and there's a ton of them. He's basically saying, like, why couldn't you just make me, like, leader of one of the, like, smaller tribes, you know, <laughs> instead of the whole thing? He's saying this is a big task. Anybody ever been, been been asked to do something big that you think, oh, man, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this, right? This is where Solomon's at. He's saying, God, this is a lot, man. You're asking me to do a lot. I don't know if I could do it. So, he says, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? So it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. So God said to him, because you have asked this thing, and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but you have asked... For your self discernment to understand justice, behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. Okay, let me translate real quick. Solomon says, This is too much. I can't handle it. The only way I'm going to be able to handle it, Lord, is if you make me wise. Give me discernment. Help me help me to understand things better. Help me to see things in the way that you see them. And he says, because you asked that, and not for riches, not for fame, not for uh, winning battles, because you asked simply just to understand more of me, I'm going to give it to you. And later on, God also says, and I have it written in my Bible here as grace, God also says, well, because you've asked that, I'm going to give that to you, and I'm going to give you everything else that you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you fame. I'm going to give you fortune. I'm going to give you this. Right? So this is the moment, I think, in Scripture, if you're reading it, where you realize Solomon's going to be good. (laughs) I think he's going to be a good king, right? Solomon definitely had his faults, right? Solomon had like 700 wives. Weird. You know, it's like, okay, like, you probably didn't need to do that. Culturally, it was something that kind of just happened back then. So he wasn't perfect by any means. But he wrote this book called Proverbs, where there's a lot of really, really important things in there. So Solomon asks for wisdom and gets it. This is important because of Solomon's age. Remember, he's young. So this message is ap- applicable to you. Why? Because guess what? You're young. It's like, bro, why are you preaching about wisdom to junior hires and high schoolers? I'm preaching about wisdom to junior hires and high schoolers because you can get it. I'm preaching about wisdom to junior hires and high schoolers because what if a bunch of wise, understanding, discerning junior hires and high schoolers hit their high school campus and didn't act a fool like everybody else? And decided that I want to win my campus over for Jesus, and but in a way that is, is is gentle and kind and loving. Does that make sense? You can really make a difference if you're wise. <clears throat> so Solomon did some great things. He built the temple. He did so, but but wisdom was his claim to fame. Solomon was the wisest man on earth, and according to what God says, is the wisest man who ever lived ever. So wisdom is important to us amen wisdom's good it's how we make good decisions how we process things well how we lead others well all that good stuff but if we want wisdom we need to understand how it comes around okay so we're going to go over three things really quick three things of how we understand how wisdom comes about so we can become wise amen because just like Solomon I want to pray a prayer that says God help me to understand things more like you God help me to discern things more like you help me to to have have uh, kindness and and, and judge things well like you because I want to be I don't want to be a fool. <laughs> Raise your hand in this place if you'd love to be a fool. Anybody? <laughs> I don't want to be a fool. Okay. Number one. Everybody say number one. Number one is we're going back to the dictionary definition. Number one is experience. So remember the three things that were in there was experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So we're going to talk about those three things. Experience. Experience is, is important to wisdom. Job 12.12 says, wisdom is with aged men. With long life is understanding. So there is an aspect of wisdom that just happens as life goes on. You learn more about life. You, as a junior higher, are more wise than the elementary school kids. (laughs) You, as a high schooler, are more wise than the junior hires. As you just live life, wisdom happens. Experiences happen. You understand, like, oh, I probably shouldn't touch the stove; it's hot, you know. Oh, I should, probably shouldn't eat the dog food, Vince, right? Because it's not; it doesn't taste good, you know. Or I probably shouldn't play on the chair like this because I fall over every time I do that, you know. Whatever it is, right? I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't cheat on my test, even though I didn't study, because if I get caught, it's way worse for me than if I just take the failing grade. I probably shouldn't fill in the blank. There was one time this girl in uh, elementary school was really annoying me. Anybody ever been annoyed by someone in school? And they used to say, like, oh, it's because she likes you. I don't know. I don't know if that was it. Maybe it was. She was just annoying me. And so I, I'm in, like, first grade. <laughs> We're on the playground, and this girl just keeps badgering me, man. She's, like, kind of bullying me and punching me and stuff. I'm like, ow, oh, stop, you know. So finally I had had enough. Imagine first grade Brett. I had enough. I don't know how old I am, maybe Five. I had had enough. So I tripped her. She fell down, and then I sat on her for the rest of recess. Like literally like 15 minutes, I just sat on her because I was like, I'm over it. You're not getting up because every time you get up, you slap me or something or you bug me. And so I literally just sat on this girl, and it was... you know, it was bad. She's crying and stuff. Finally, she gets up. The teacher's like, why'd you do that? I was like, she was bullying me, so I wanted her to stop, so I sat on her, right? It <laughs> was a girl. So, anyways, I had to go into my classroom and write uh, a letter to her, a three-page letter, when I was five. Are you kidding me? I had to write a three-page letter to this girl of why I would never sit on her again. I won't sit on you again because it was rude. I really won't sit on you again because it wasn't nice. <laughs> you know, like how your mind is when you're at that age. But I, I then realized that's probably not the best conflict resolution <laughs> to just sit on people. I mean, it worked, but, <laughs> but also the consequence wasn't that great. Another one, I'm in second grade. There's this girl I liked, right? Danielle, plug your ears. No, I'm just kidding. There's this girl I liked. It was Valentine's Day. And so listen. I get it. I don't want to single her out. So I got everybody some nice gifts. You know, those little cards, like, that they they have for Valentine's Day with the little punny things on them. And then a little sucker, you know, or whatever, little candy. So I'm dropping stuff into everybody's bag, you know. Then I got this, like, big old heart, you know, with lots of chocolate in it because that's my girl, you know. (laughs) Second grade, Brett, was risen out, bro. It's crazy. And so everyone is like, you know, they put the little bags on the side of their desk. And then all of a sudden, was like, <laughs> you know, I throw it in. And I was like, trying to be discreet. Then my teacher's like, uh, Brett, and I was, uh, yeah, come here, please. Actually, this was first grade, same teacher. I just remembered. She hated me. I hated her. <laughs> so uh, Mrs. Howard, what's up? <laughs> but she's like, Brett, come here. I said, all right, what's up? She goes, hey, uh, you can't do that can't do what you can't get one person a much better gift than everybody else that's not fair to everybody else i said life isn't fair right i did i said that to her she's like because my parents would say that to me Bob, it's not fair life isn't fair right so she's like (laughs) she's like it's not fair i said life isn't fair she's like oh really i said yeah she goes okay well uh you're gonna need to take that back and give her a gift just like everything everybody else i said So I go, I said, this is awkward, but I got to take this back. So I pull it back out of her thing, and I give her, like, the normal gift or whatever, and I was like, meet me after class, right, you know? And so class is over, you know, whatever, and then I just, like, step outside of the threshing hold of the door, you know, and I'm like, here's your gift, you know, looking at the teacher, what's up, you know? But also with experience, the next year I didn't do that, you know, I just waited until another time, made it more discreet, not to put her on blast, you know? I got a little more wise. As life goes on, even as a first grader, you get a little more wise, right? My friend in first grade, he would pick up worms and eat them. I thought it was cool. But then I saw how all the girls reacted. Then I realized, okay, wisdom, don't do that. You know, it's not going to end up good for you, right? So we get wise by experience. There's two things here that I want to say, though. First is... This is why older folks are wise, right? Not because every old person is incredibly smart, but every old person has experienced a lot of life. So they're wise. So this is why we honor folks who are older than us. This is why we honor mom and dad. This is why we respect our elders. Does that make sense? It's because they've lived more life than us. And so when your parents are like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. You're thinking in your head, you're dumb. You don't even know. You've never been a junior high." Yes, they have. You know? So, most of the time, they know what they're talking about. So, honor, respect, give your ear to them. Second, <clears throat> experience is a reason to rejoice in suffering. We'll get into this in a little bit. You're like, what does that mean? Right? You're like, Adley's like, bro, what are you talking about? To rejoice in suffering, why? Because listen, well, there's two things that can happen. You can either let life happen to you and chicken little it and be like, oh, this guy is falling, right? And you could think that you're like the, the, the biggest victim in the world. Everything's happening. Everything's happening bad to me. I can't handle it. Ugh. Or you could look at it at, through the lens of gaining wisdom, gaining experience. Even when bad things happen to me, I'm learning from it, right? You could choose in life to either be a victim or a victor, right? I like watching, watching fights. It's, I don't know. Toxic trait? I don't know. But a really good fighter, what will happen is they'll take some time to understand what is happening that the other person is doing. Right? So the other person will hit them pretty clean with a punch. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? And what happens is they start understanding where they can, this word called counter, where they can counter them. Right? So they they, they have some leads. So this person, when he fights, every time he Throws a right hook, right? He drops his left hand. Okay, I'm going to hit him with that, right? And so it's as things even bad happen to you, to the, the fighter, right, they learn more and then they could win from experience, right? But what if they were like, he punched me, you know? <laughs> He's not allowed to do that. Oh, he kicked me, <laughs> you know? Ah! But that's how we live our lives sometimes. It's like bad things happen to us. Oh, he kicked me. Oh, he punched me. Or we can look at it like, okay, Life happens, (laughs) and and punches are thrown, and I'm just going to figure out how to move amidst it and work it out. Amen? Let me give one example here. Anybody know how to snowboard or ski? Okay, I learned how to ski last year. I went up with Matt. You guys know Matt? Bless his heart. I went up with Matt, and I went up with Ben Murdy, who's a friend uh, at a different church and so you know Matt, Matt's like real detail oriented you know, he's like okay so here's what you do, you put the skis on and then, and then pizza or, or you go like this and if you're turning he goes, you kind of lift your weight up and then go like this and you kind of lift your weight up here and go like this so then I'm going down the hill on skis like it's a math problem I'm getting frustrated, I'm falling I can't even get up, you know, my legs don't work what's happening, I, I thought I was an athlete you know, and you're like no you're not Brett, okay I get it and I'm just struggling, I'm so I, pretty soon I'm just laying in the snow like, ugh, you know. It's like, and Ben s- s- uh, snowboards up to me, and he's like, hey, Brett. And I was like, yeah, he goes, you're just thinking too much. He goes, you've, you've, you've skateboarded, you've been on skates, or whatever. I'm like, yeah. He goes, just go down the hill and turn. I was like, okay. He goes, just turn so you don't go so fast. Just, just go. I bet. Got up, and I'm bombing this thing, you know, like, I still fell a couple times because I got a little overconfident, but what happened was Ben was wise because he had experienced the same thing I experienced. He'd fallen on his butt a lot more than I had, and he had realized that I was just in my head about all the intricacies of skiing, and he was just saying, hey, for me, this is what worked. Forget about it. Just go down the hill, <laughs> right? Uh, and that worked. Okay, so experience is good. Uh, Proverbs thirteen ten says, "Where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice." This is my transition to the next point: knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. knowledge. So experience is good, but I will. I don't want to wait till I'm eighty to be wise. So how do I get? How do I get wise as a 12-year-old? How do I become wise or gain wisdom as a 20-year-old? How do I gain wisdom for me as a 28-year-old? You know what I do? I ask for advice. I seek knowledge. Proverbs 1-7. All these proverbs are things that Solomon wrote. Proverbs 1-7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is basically saying foolish people don't like criticism. Foolish... Foolish people can't be corrected. And so this is how, even when I'm leading a team or something, this is how I know who's ready to take it to the next level or not. If I correct you and they're like, oh, all offended, I'm like, okay, love you, but you're not ready. (laughs) If I correct someone and they're like, yeah, yeah, for sure, let's go, let's get it. And I'm like, oh, let's go, dog. For me, when when I was first a worship leader at 19 years old, I was super defensive about everything. Someone would say, I think we should do it this way. Oh, yeah, you think you're better than me? You know, wasn't wise. I was pretty foolish then. Right? But now as I've gotten older, it's like, okay, there's there's people all over the place that can give some good advice, even if I, I don't think they're qualified to do so. I should listen and I can filter it from there. Amen. Knowledge. <clears throat> experience is nothing, experience is worth nothing if you didn't learn from it. So we should be in a constant pursuit of knowledge, right? We should always want to learn and discover. Okay. You don't have to take the long and painful road towards wisdom every time. You can learn from the experience of others, okay? Proverbs 19, 20 says, Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise for the rest of your days. Okay? So listen to wise people. Read your Bible. Number three. This is the last one. Good judgment. This is probably the most important one. Experience is just going to happen. Knowledge is good. Seek knowledge. But sometimes when we only seek knowledge, what we become is know-it-alls. You ever met a know-it-all? It's like the, um, actually person, you know? You're like in class, and you're asking the teacher, teacher, because you're seeking knowledge. You're like, hey, teach, uh, it, you know, is it this way? And they're like, mm, actually, it's not. Actually, it's, and you're like, okay, I, I, okay, I know. You know, you're sitting there like so annoyed because someone's like just a know-it-all. You don't want to be a know-it-all. You want to have enough wisdom to know that in that situation, the person's just trying to learn and experience something, right? So, good judgment. Good judgment is the thing that keeps you from being a know-it-all when you become wise. This was Solomon's most wise action. It's not just getting old, not just seeking knowledge. What he did was ask God. He said, God, would you help me to understand? James 1.5 says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and he'll be given to you. James is saying, if any of you feel like you're unwise, ask God, and he'll give you wisdom. No typos, I just checked. It's in there. If you want to be wise, just ask God, right? James 3.17 says, But the wisdom that comes from above, it is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, and good fruit, unwavering, without hypocrisy. So it's not good enough to just know things. It's not good enough to just have experienced things. It's good... Uh, then if you go past just knowing, right? And you do it without being a hypocrite. What does that mean? It's not good enough to just know. You have to then act upon your wisdom. Wise people aren't just telling you how it is. Wise people aren't just giving insight. Wise people are living their life in a way that you would want to model your life after. Does that make sense? And people are searching for this everywhere nowadays. I just want to... Live life better. What happens to me is like, I could preach a good message, I could give you some advice or whatever, and all that's cool. But you know what has people like coming to me for for advice? It's not what I tell people. It's how I live my life. If I focus on my life, I'm in my word, I'm walking, then all of a sudden someone's like, hey, can I learn from you? And I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, let's do it. This is how you can make an impact on your school campus. It's not just about knowing the right things. It's not about getting into arguments with people on whether God's real or not, right? You're not going to convince somebody God's real. You can show them that he is, though. I'm not going to get in some intellectual argument and convince you that God is who he says he is. But the way I live my life might show you that what, you're, what you believe probably is wrong. What I believe is probably right. Does that make sense, everybody? <clears throat> Discernment, insight, understanding come from God. So here's the last thing. What's the point? Brett, what's the point of this message? It's not like this. Come to Jesus message. It's not like this, like overcome fear and anxiety message. It's not anything like that. Simply, what it is is, guys, wisdom is available for you. Uh, and here's what the message is doesn't matter how young or old you are, you can be used by God right now. You can make a difference right now. You could really make an impact right now. Right? You can be someone who's discerning, who, who, someone who understands situations, Someone who, you could do that right now, right? You could be that even in your home right now. So what I'm saying is I want us as young people to be the type of people like Solomon that don't get overwhelmed so much so with the big thing. But when we do get overwhelmed with the big task at hand, we don't crumble and say, God, I can't do that. What we say is, God, if you've called me to it, you're going to make me wise. God, if you've called me to it, you're going to give me the the means and the the ways to do it. God, if you're calling me to this, you know, lead me to it. The Bible says if you ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you. Amen? And I want us to be youth group that's wise. Not for the fact of being nose in the air, folks, right? But to be people that are incredibly gentle, to be people that are incredibly loving, to be people that are incredibly kind, all while not dis... Some people who are in the pursuit of love and kindness disregard common sense and knowledge. I don't want us to be that people. I want us to love so well. I want us to be a type of people that are so gracious and so filled with God, but also our understanding of the things of God, and we can mix those two at the same time. We're not just people that are knowledgeable and tell everybody, this is how it's supposed to be, and we're not people who just love with no boundaries and it's all messy. We are people who love well, know God, and are wise because we've asked him for wisdom. Amen? And that's how we make a difference in our world and in our campus. All right, everybody stand up. I'm going to pray for you. I love you. Uh, we're going to hang out some more. Um, yes, good stuff. All right, Jesus, we thank you. And Lord, just like your word says right now, we ask, Lord, that you would make us all wise in this room that you would give us that understanding, God, that you would give us that discernment. You would give us, um, God, the opportunity to make a difference uh, in our campus, make a difference in our home, at our jobs, God, make a difference in, in the world because, uh, God, you give us uh, understanding, God. And so help us to uh, live life where we, under- we learn from our experiences, God. We gain knowledge, uh, but we also have good judgment, God. We want to have good judgment in our lives. And so thank you for who you are. God, thank you uh, that uh, we're viewed as righteousness because of who, of who you are, God. Thank you for uh, dying on the cross for our sins. We didn't deserve it, but God, we're so grateful. We want to be more like you, so make us wise. In Jesus' name, amen.